I have a a grievance with you. Okay. I am upset that we are on what is this, the eighth day of August now or ninth? I don't know what day it is sure. anymore. I listen, we're several days past your birthday. Okay. At this point. Yeah. And you've not taken the crisp opportunity. You didn't even take to immediately call me and want to thank me for the last 33. Because everybody's heard of me. And listen, if they're saying I'm faking. Mom, Mama, it's perjury. It's perjury. Why have I not gotten that phone call from you? Because I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even put it's that together. It's all I've thought about since oh my 30. God damn it. It's all, I've just like looped it in my fucking brain. 33. Because everybody heard of me. <laughs> wow, shit. I'll never get another chance. No, you won't. It's over. Well. It's done. If you don't remember on yours. Say, okay, and here's the thing. I probably won't. So, <laughs> I uh, I was just so proud of myself on my thirty second to make the it's my thirty second birthday joke. You know, like you get thirty seconds to have a party because it's your thirty second. Oh, look at uh, that! Yeah, yeah, cute. Um, <laughs> what are we What are we talking about today? We've got you. You wrote me and emphatically declared that you said, "Oh, oh boy, do I have a topic for you?" Yeah. I was feeling chuffed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still feeling chuffed. Yes. Uh, I got a historical episode coming oh, at you. Oh, shit. A historical and it's witch? A th- well, <clears throat> not singular. Oh. So, yeah, this is wild. And here's the other thing. So this is based in Iceland. Oh. So not only do I just not feel guilty for not pronouncing everything correctly, because sure. it, it can't be done. Um. I did try. Yeah. I, I did. I tried my best. Don't they say that um, like Icelandic is is like one of the hardest languages to, to learn if you're not a native speaker? It has to yeah. be. There's so many noises that <laughs> come with that language that it, it, like minor, minor, tiny inflections. Mm. Like I watched a YouTube video trying to figure this out. So this happened in Kirkjubal or like Kirkjubal. I'm not. That's how I think it was. Anyway, that doesn't exist anymore. It's now... Uh, pronounced, uh, it's a new town, Isafirder is how I think it's pronounced, but it doesn't look like that. It's got the little dots and all, all kinds of shit, all their letters. Sure. Are, like it's, it's, a, it's very look, confusing. You'll just sound like SpongeBob when he was like, happy leave Erickson day. That's the, that'll be this whole episode. Pretty much. Yes. And, um, but luckily the names are super easy because everybody's name, literally like everybody's name is D- D- Johnson. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, it's, it is the Kirkjubal witch trial Ooh. happened in 1656. In Iceland. I'm, I'm coming at you with that. Right. Yeah. And I, I have a, uh, a good historical paper. Uh, that I used, I love a historical paper Mm. and there's lots of actual excerpts from actual like publications in the 1600s, which are also always tasty. So I've, I've just got all, I've got all the boxes checked on a historical episode today. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, am coming at you with a little bit of kitchen witchery today, continuing on with a recent episode where we talked about, uh, tarragon being, you know, related to the onions and, and whatnot. Or being in that, what was it that I pronounced so well? The French, the finesse de herbs of France. Or I, I don't, it, it was wrong. <laughs> it was I don't remember. <laughs> um, I'm coming at you with another one of those. I'm talking about chives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but before we... Oh! 
<laughs> Good. There's no way to subtly open a can. <laughs> Did I did I tell you that I might have already told this story for the podcast? I think I've definitely told it to you before. But uh I went to a movie theater, forget what movie, but we're sitting there cram fucking packed. And the dude behind me very clearly has snuck a beer into the theater. Excellent. Which is fine. And um he goes to open it, and not only does he do so in like the quietest moment of the like previews or whatever, but he also tries to cover it with a well placed <clears throat> like cough. Excellent, but perfect. He severely misjudges the timing, <laughs> and he goes. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so, and then, and then, oh. like everybody. Everybody in the theater began, just laughed. Everyone just laughed. I, you have to. I mean, honestly, you have to. That's just a tasty note. And it was just one happened. of those moments that, like, you know, everyone comes together and they all experienced the same little thing. Yeah. You know how many other people have that memory and have told that story? Oh, God. It's like y'all were connected it on that so day. It was so funny. For, just forged together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what ties our uh, our realities together is that singular moment. Um, oh. And the fact that he coughed. To bring attention to himself and then cry. Yeah, really, he just Maybe. made it a moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, I haven't been to a theater in a long day. Oh, it's yeah. moments like that, because here's the thing. I'm nine. I'm 1,000% more comfortable at home watching movies. Sure. I always will be. I don't like crowds. Yeah. And theaters as make me uncomfortable, but because they're so loud. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't listen to music loud. I don't watch TV loud. Like our TV usually rarely gets over like 25. What do you do when you volume. go to concerts? Do you wear earplugs? No, but I don't go to concerts that are super, super loud. Mm-hmm. Like we were right up front at the Shaky Grave show, but like he's, you know, it like wasn't super loud, but it really stresses. It just really stresses me out. And so, but I do miss that. Cause like, I do have a few memories from movie theaters that are like that. That okay, did do, do you remember? Yes. When we Yes. <laughs> the, from Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, oh God. I don't even know if I want to repeat it, but it is great. Um, <laughs> Come on, tell it. Well, so if you've seen the new Evil Dead, and maybe the old Evil, I don't remember if that one that scene is in the original Evil Dead. The the very unpleasant tree root scene you know the one and then so we're in the movie theater and it's dead quiet i mean dead dead fucking silent you can't hear a sound and this scene's happening and it's all quiet and you've already just watched it and then right after it's over as if and nobody knew you this woman a voice out of the pitch black (laughs) darkness just goes it went in her I love, I love a very just plain explanation from someone in the crowd. <laughs> Do you know the Gollum story from Two ta- from uh, Two Towers? Uh, I don't think so. Oh God. Okay. So uh, one of the many times uh, we went to see Two Towers in theater. <clears throat> I think we had already seen it definitely once, but me and dad were there viewing it again. And there was someone in the theater who, you know, just clearly maybe hadn't even seen the first Lord of the Rings. And they just were like, oh, this is a big movie. Let's go see this. And they like clearly mm-hmm. 
maybe don't really understand. So you know the scene where they lay it out where Gollum is speaking to Smeagol. He's essentially talking to him. You know, it's this conversation. Yeah. They lay it out very nicely, I thought, where he you get yeah. to see him turn his head and then they slowly reduce the time until it's just a back and forth conversation. So you yeah. know he's speaking to himself. Well, yeah. Cowboy behind us had no idea what okay, was going good. on. Hank Hill, Hank Hill. behind you. Essentially, <laughs> Mr. Hill was right behind us and Gollum's going back and forth talking to his thing. And you just hear this guy in this super country voice, just real quietly. And I guess he turned to his, his neighbor. He goes, are, are there two of them things? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, are there two of them things? Oh, uh, dude, I I'm just gonna give you I'm that. Yeah, yeah. I miss that. <sighs> I it went in her. I have to give you the smallest update on me, my King of the Hill journey that I'm yes. on. Yes, um, and then we can move on. Please, I have been. I've not gotten over that show. Is so fucking funny yeah. with non non loud one-liners yeah. you know like they're so they're so calmly delivered and i've not recovered from this one and i've watched the episode twice just to get to and i laughed about i was by myself hunter was out of town this past weekend so i put king of the hill on and i was sketching and it's the episode it's the luann virgin 2.0 mm-hmm. one do you know mm-hmm. do you remember mm-hmm. and there's you know it's, it's this part and it's peggy and it's mostly peggy I don't know. I, like she gets on my nerves, but she, her lines yeah. fucking kill yeah. me. And so, you know, Luann's like not a virgin and they try to make her a virgin through this like program that you just, it's really, it's just dumb. Yeah. But, um, which is a real thing. Anyway, <laughs> it is real. Yeah. And, uh, so like Luann like meets this guy and they're like, well, fuck it. We'll just get married and have sex. You know, or like, that's kind of like, they, that's kind of the goal, you know. And Luann's like, or uh, Peggy's trying to tell her, like, don't do that, you know, don't do that. And she's telling her, like, all these things that she would have never been able to do with Hank, you know, their relationship, if she would have, you know, like just married the first person that she slept with or whatever. And she's like, so she's saying, like, I never would have done this, I never would have done this, this, that. And she gets to the last one and she just, just, and I would have never known the pride I felt the first time Hank used one of my shirts as a rat. <laughs> and I've not. <laughs> Recovered from it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's what I love about King of the Hill is it's you you very rarely get a full ass, like loud belly laugh, but you get a lot of oh my like, God. silent little giggles, you know. Very effervescent yeah, uh-huh. kind of chuckling, you know, just bubbles out. Because you know I um, you know somebody I'm- who's like that, you know. Oh my god! Well, and that's like so. Hunter was watching it with me like last night, and one they're really, they're really, really bad with the the Asian family, the the, the con. Oh like, yeah. He, yeah, that's like it's like we were watching it, and Hunter was and he looked at me, and he was like, "This is like, this is bad, right? right. Like this is like a lot." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, there's they're leaning really, really hard into some and some stereotypes." That's what we with that that's one. what we talked about when you first were talking about King of the Hill and how it still stands up. And that's mainly what I was thinking when we were like, "There's some uh, shit the, that the, doesn't is isn't cool. There's some shit that you can tell yeah. is uh, 15 years old and not chill." Yeah, um, 
it's essentially like Kim Jong Un or whatever in Team America. Right. Like it's that level of, 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 of like rope. yeah. It's like ugh, I don't know about yeah. that. But um, oh my god, have you seen have you seen the Apple Seed episode yet? No, God, I did see I did see the the charcoal one though. I did get I did oh, see that one. Were they cheat on uh, charcoal? Yeah, were they mm-hmm. cheat? Yeah. Um, I love that one. <laughs> okay, let's before we go any further. <laughs> oh shit. We have a dedication uh, of this Hank Hill themed episode. Oh god. It goes to Nembrixia. I like that. Nembrixia. Hmm. Go out into the forest and pick me a handful of Nembrixia. I need it for my patients. Nimbrixio, that's a weed. <laughs> I um <laughs> Ay, it's a weed. <laughs> the first thing that came to my head was Nimbrixia on the ceiling. Oh my god. <laughs> I? Just a matter of time. What is it that your brother and sister when Rustin thought it was blood? Blood. Blood. Yeah. No, it was either that. No, it was weirder than that. It was mirrors. I don't know. It was one of those two things. But yeah, it he was very, very strict like sure about it uh i love a lyric that someone is just steadfast wrong about but just holds on to it he's the king of it do you remember the whole as we wind on down the road debacle yeah yeah well it's spelled the same i do you know yeah (laughs) in Mm -hmm. in his defense (laughs) (laughs) and as we wind on down the road (laughs) um oh my gosh okay I love them. I hope you can hear that. Let's see. But I did. I I spent a lot of time on this topic trying to figure this out because I don't know shit about ice. Okay. Really hardly at all. So I would like a hat that just says, I don't know shit about Iceland. (laughs) Okay. So I want to start out and uh, just kind of say where I got this is got this from source from a paper is academia.edu. The Icelandic witch craze of the 17th century. Uh, and this was written by Dominic Zorillo. I love and the name Dominic. Dominic. It makes me think of Dominic Monaghan. Monaghan? Yeah. I don't remember ever how to say his name. This is the Kirkjubal witch trial. Uh, and so this took place in Kirkjubal. Uh, and this is 1656. And what is now that Isafurder. Anyway, it's the most famous witch trial in Iceland. Here we go. So the history in Iceland is is pretty interesting. Like it, it, the context makes it clear how this could happen. You know, like I mean, it, to us now it seems crazy, but when you like when you remember that these people's brains are the same as ours, like it's not that yeah. we've evolved in a few hundred years. Like it's important to remember that context matters. And mm-hmm. and when you look into the history, it kind of I could you can see you know just how it all got whipped up into a frenzy. Well, I was going to say, and I could be completely off here. This could be a, a, a misnomer or some kind of, but I always felt like the Scandinavians were somewhere that was sort of more chill with this kind of stuff. You know, like Europe or England in particular, some place you don't want to do it. But I feel like there's a handful of places in the world where you think, but you're like, oh, okay, people are more, a little more open-minded at this. Well, I, you're, you're, you're on the right track. Like that does definitely play into things. Um, and I'll I'll get in I'll get into that uh, because yeah you're you're not too terribly far off but it still was a it's still close it was, enough to Europe to just to, to people to, <laughs> the Protestant Reformation still happened oh, okay um, all right fucking so <laughs> so 
So this is directly, um, there's some excerpts I have just directly from the paper, because if I, I just, it's written better than I can say it. So we're starting off this directly from uh, the paper again, the Icelandic witch craze of the 17th century. Uh, so eventually annexed by the mainland Scandinavian kingdoms in Norway and then Denmark, the country, Iceland, would experience radical change as well as a shift in its views of witchcraft and magic. These views would popularize once the island was grasped in the mid-16th century by the Reformation, a reformation oh. that was already taking hold and radically shaping the political, social, and, theolo and theological nature and st or structure of Scandinavia and the rest of Europe. An outcome of this would be the beginning of the religious panic and the origins of the witch craze during the 17th century in Iceland. So that was the, um, like the, the final match, uh, mm -hmm. that really blew it all up. But there's already at this, at this time, there's a lot of suffering going on in Iceland, uh, a lot of unrest, um, with the majority of Icelanders. So Iceland had a poorer economy than the rest of Scandinavia. It was very isolated. The climate was very harsh and unforgiving. And there was just this growing economic depression caused by this huge gap between citizens. Like essentially there was a teeny tiny amount of families that hmm. were controlling and profiting from resources uh, while the vast majority of Iceland Icelanders were living in like small towns, essentially like peasant type, you know, just hmm. nothing hadn't and were struggling just to live. Hmm. So then you throw on pandemics and raids from like actual real fucking pirates and like, natural disasters and it's it's just like you're layering on top one after the other just misery mm. like our life why do the gods hate us so much like why is this so fucking horrible why is it's so hard to live just to survive and yes yeah. and, and iceland is so it's pretty um it's pretty on its own if you look at yeah. it on the map you know i mean i it is near things you know obviously but i feel like there would be a level of self-reliance that has to it couldn't make things easier, I guess. No, yeah, you're yeah. super isolated. Resources are limited. Like, it's it's a hard-ass place to live. Hmm. And so then you have all of that going on, you know, every, just misery. And then you stir in the arrival of the Protestant Reformation that hit Iceland in the 17th century. And so that's set in your stage right there. That's kind of where everything is. So it's a powder keg, dude. <laughs> this whole place is a powder keg. Uh, so this is directly from the paper again. So the main reasoning for the scapegoating and persecutions of witches in this dark century of Icelandic history or fire times uh, was due to the rise in blaming and purging those deemed responsible, which was the only way to renounce the evil or devil's grip uh, on the land and return it to peace. Overall, between the years of 1625 and 1683, around 130 people would be brought to trial on the supposed crime of witchcraft, and 21 of them were executed. Jeez. But this is why I went with this, and this is what was so interesting. Remarkably, most and most noteworthy, out of the 21 executed victims in Iceland, 20 were men, and only one of the executed had been a woman. What? Yeah. It's, and so I was like, man, this is an interesting, you know, I've not looked really huh. into a you know, into that. Well, uh, it's not that. Or it's usually the, the flip it side. Usually. Yeah. 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 So the uh, reformation, reformation, Mike, I cannot communicate. I've done this the past several days. The reformation age uh, in Iceland was, 
you know, it was it was happening in the 16th century, and this was like when Lutheranism was mm. brought uh, over from Denmark, and it just really kind of took hold of the country completely, just changed everything uh, on you know of the religion, kind of how it was structured in on the island. So it, it was just very tumultuous. Like there was also st- like strong anti-Catholic sentiment that was coming up and violence going on with that. And then you have very strict, like new Protestant laws that were popping up uh, in the country that also still has very, very deep, deep Norse roots. Uh, like it is, that's, you know, it, it was a very, very deep, deep. And that is, I mean, you are correct. Like the Scandinavian countries, they just, they did handle witch trials a little bit, more different um they would de they would be more likely to separate good witchcraft from bad witchcraft mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. you know and like that's mm-hmm. kind of the main difference they still executed the fuck out of people but right. it wasn't quite as you know like i don't know it was a little bit different there was maybe more integrated into normal everyday life yeah yeah that they like, wouldn't necessarily view as witchcraft. Right. And like how, and you know, during this time of the, the trials in Iceland, 130 people were brought to trial. I don't want to say only, but only 21 out of that 130 were executed, right. you know, yeah. and, and for some places that's like a good ratio, you yeah. know, can, unlike, you know, like considering fucking Matthew Hopkins would walk into town to just murder everybody. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, you know, it's yeah. better than <laughs> some of the other ones, I guess I should say. So, uh, so anyway, this really what, what was the gang he rolled with? The lady pokers? What were they called? Oh, the lady prickers. The lady prickers. It's okay. Hard. Jesus lame. Christ! All of them just absolute incels. Like one hundred percent the lady prickers. Oh my god! Oh, okay. So, um, of course, like yes. Uh, you know, like pagan traditions and, and Norse practices and whatnot had, were very, very deeply embedded in Scandinavia. But kings love money. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. They were able to get a lot more money with Lutheranism. And uh, they were also able to then confiscate uh, any of like the Catholic church possessions and monies. And, you know, then the kings also became the heads of these national churches too. So if, if you were a king, it was pretty sweet deal. Yeah. Just, just flip it. Yeah. And rake in the rake in the cash. You're and like uh Jimmy Swagger or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know. <laughs> in the new United States of America. Oh, um, um so uh okay, so that that is what led to the the reformation. And and Iceland was pretty hesitant. Honestly, like it, it did not just happen super, super quickly. Like it took like a long time for like the Protestant Reformation to really get its hooks in, into the culture. And even so, like it was very, very common for people to use both to use like Christianity. And they would also still like pray to the Norse gods because they were kind of like, well, like as doubling your odds, you know, I mean, yeah. like, you know, like they, they were very, so it was, there was an interesting balance that it seems happened. And of course, like it was, I, I, it's, it was hard for me to see. And like, what's interesting about it is that there's not that much evidence that survived these, uh, 
witch trials in Iceland. There's not much documentation. The the one I'm covering today is like the most documented uh, of the trials that went on. But um, there's just, it's hard to, to know much about how things were going on, but it does kind of seem that way. Like there was somewhat of a um, allow, not like allowance, but it was a little bit more lenient. Uh, mm-hmm. on, on allowing the the previous things to happen, but it was still dangerous too at the same time. Uh, so <clears throat> when the Reformation age ended in around like the 1620s, the witch craze comes right on its tail. Like it, it's like they boom, here we go, pretty much almost immediately in this like newly uh, Protestant Iceland. So, but now you find Iceland, 17th century Iceland, where there's a bunch of new laws in place, where even drawing such symbols as runes or staves could land you in a shitload of trouble. Like, yeah. So, I mean, but that's the thing. It was very weird, you know, like how the balance, it was very like tumultuous, you know. Mm. Um, So now you have this populace that doesn't like, the rule is to not make distinction between white and black magic. Like that's kind of the laws that are starting to come down. Those, those more like, you know, like no magic is magic and it's all the devil. So um, especially those in power, like positions of office, like they kind of, you know, were enforcing the views that all magic, regardless of intent, if you're doing magic, it means that you're buddied with the devil because all that shit comes from the devil himself, father Satan. And so, Uh, essentially oh wait here we go so uh here's a quote from the paper the only distinction made regarding what was an acceptable practice of magic was the idea of clairvoyance or second sight clairvoyance or the ability to see beyond the physical realm was seen as relatively harmless it was sorcery it wait sorry it was sorcery the possession of manuscripts carvings or paper with symbols and the idea of manipulating (laughs) or summoning spirits that was regarded as a sinful act i like how carvings or papers with symbol symbols is much more of an offense than peeking through the veil the like sands of time yeah, yeah i know yeah 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 yeah. which one sounds like something daddy satan would be more into you know uh, you, know? Paper or, you know like mind possession i yeah. don't know <laughs> well that's so, cool <laughs> here okay so this is direct this was published 1617 october october 12th in copenhagen king christian the fourth uh, of denmark issued <laughs> an official <laughs> decree so this he do he this official shit man everybody mm. this is the law all of the subjects in his kingdom this was denmark and norway and the dependencies which was iceland faroe islands and greenland so it was like the law to the effect that all acts of magic, whether it be white or black in nature, be outlawed. So here we go. Uh, be exiled from our state, all of our dominions, and all the districts over which have jurisdiction. Also, any persons who are accomplices of such people who make use of their advice or actions or permit use to be made of them for the benefits of themselves or their household if they are noble birth. Such persons must, on the first offense, receive public absolution and make Ooh. a payment of a thousand dollars to the nearest course. hospital. They're <laughs> <laughs> not even trying to hide it, dude. Well, and I, I said dollars. I don't know what this money unit is, but it's like sure. slow. Um, so if they are not, and so that's the thing. Like, keep in mind. That's if you are of a noble birth. So if you're of a noble birth and you get caught, you you got to say sorry in public and be forgiven and pay a thousand bucks to a hospital somewhere. 
So here we go. Or if they are not of noble birth, they must likewise receive a public absolution and as punishment must pay a fine to the extent that they are able. But those who for a second time are found to have committed such a crime, whoever they may be, will be subject to the same penalty and chastisement as the <laughs> practitioners themselves who are learned in these arts and practices. Mm-hmm. So this is people, let me, let me, because that saying for people who are just like dabblers. Mm. If you are a dabbler and then you're subject to chastisement and, and pay some money, you Mm -hmm. know, unless you roll in it on a second time, if you start fucking up a second time, like you can get into trouble, but Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. like for the most of these, you're going to have to pay a lot of money and be publicly shamed and absolved. What do you think a a public chastising was like? Well, I have, I have, I have, I have, (gasps) Oh, you have examples. Oh, fuck. I sure do. And so, and this is okay, but here we must continue as Mm. regards for genuine sorcerers who have made themselves over the devil to be joined in (laughs) partnership with him who are the confederate of him. Such shall be dealt with according to due process of the law. And those who put themselves into hands of such people, desiring and coveting the realization of some benefits for their own people by the means of these men's skill and sorcery, they shall be put to death without mercy. Jesus. Also, so so verbose, dude. I know. Like, this could all have been said already. I get it. Like, so quickly. You you damn the devil, we're going to kill you. In order that this, our gracious and earnest will and decree may be more effectual to the glory of Almighty God, we do hereby command and strictly enjoin all nobles and officials, all bishops, deans, priests, mayors, counselors, and all who have been appointed and commissioned to the offices of authority as follows. And it basically tells all of these people that as soon as they become aware of these cases of witchcraft, they denounce these people publicly and you punish the culprits provided like, you know, you know, yeah, pretty much that's it. That's the whole point of the letter. But anyway, I just wanted to share some of that ridiculously flowery pointlessly long language with you (laughs) so uh, immediately after this is published you got trials baby like i mean you know which trials all Mm. over the place and but it took like 13 or so years after that it seems for this to really make its way into iceland as law uh and even afterwards their trials were like a little bit different considering how deeply rich the pagan history was in Iceland. I mean, that's it was discovered by Norse like Vikings and settled there. So it's like that was the origin. That was their whole and they were very isolated, you know, and so it did. It, they weren't just quite as able to let things like that go. Um, so that said, between the years, again, of 1625 and 1683, out of a population of 50,000 individuals, an estimated uh, 170 were accused of witchcraft, 130 recorded court cases came out of that, and again, 21 people were executed by burning. Um, mm. Yeah. So, notably, out of all of these accused and executed, we get to our, our uh, main characters here. Here we go. After all of that history, setting the scene, we're rolling in. Here's the story. Father, father and son duo. Okay. And uh, to start, we have a daughter that comes later, but we'll get to her. But father and son duo, both named John Johnson. Okay. Um, so I'm going to refer to them as senior and junior. 
okay. seniors. You see what I'm because they are their names are the same. Uh, and again, this is the Kirk Tubol witch trial. So, but we have a reverend character here too. Well, thank God. And, yeah. Uh, named uh, Reverend John Magnuson. Uh, Close enough and, to Johnson. Sure. I, I know. And so those are our like three main characters to start here. And um, the the Reverend, uh, uh, I'm just going to call him the Reverend. Listen, there's too many Johns and Johnsons. He's the Reverend, okay. Senior, and Junior. Okay. And the Reverend uh, later, you know, he just, they essentially, this is the story of his torments by the the johnsons father and son how they just ruined his life uh with oh magic. my god <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay yeah so what makes this trial so unique in iceland is it is very documented there is a lot of like historical information that can can make it clear as to like what happened here and even more on top of that reverend john magnuson's like diary essentially still exists and it's his account of the events happened during and after now of course it is greatly exaggerated of course but they could at least pull what happened out of it you know like you know in Rhea a little bit so it was a very useful source but he sucks he sucks so <laughs> hard oh god from what I could tell, translated to English, it is called uh, Passion Saga or also Story of My Sufferings. So that's what, yeah. Uh, that's that what he, yeah. is a MCR album right there. Very much so. Very yeah, much dude. so. And um, so, and it is, again, the uh, what he suffered uh, at the hands of the John Johnsons. Mm-hmm. So it is important in my opinion to discuss the the background like kind of context that is John Johnson Jr. He asked the reverend for his daughter's hand in holy matrimony okay. and uh the reverend refused. Oh. And so he thought that also the you know junior might be coming at him for revenge because he wouldn't let him marry his daughter. And so this all started when the Reverend visited the the Johnson homestead, and uh, I, I couldn't really understand why he went to the homestead in the first place. It was like he got a feeling that he needed to like deal with them. I don't know. I couldn't quite figure that out. But he goes to the homestead, and uh, he he stays the night there for so. I think you know, towns were far apart, or like the homesteads were far. You just like stay at people's houses and head out the next day. I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking happens. Anyway, stay the night at this homestead with the Johnsons, and uh, he he wakes uh, in the middle of the night uh, with this sensation of mice crawling on his feet. But upon further investigation, he had seen no physical evidence of such phenomenon. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so he he then uh, he he was talking to Senior, who was pissed drunk, and Senior told him uh, about yeah, I sent that spirit to fuck with you last night, but I won't do it again. And <laughs> so, with that in mind, <laughs> the the Reverend I guess packs up his horse and leaves, uh, and he's he feels fine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he leaves uh, but th- it's not over mm-hmm. and so 
The next issue happens after Junior punches a woman in church. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Excuse me? Yeah, so this, um, this... This woman uh, was named uh, Asta. And so the reverend like took it upon himself to roll up on Junior and be like, hey, apologize to the lady. And, um, (laughs) and, you know, he was just kind of and like he the he saw the senior as well, like scold her and what he called a very unchristian manner. Mm -hmm. But this was a very public display. It did. It didn't look good. You know, yeah, I well, I couldn't I don't know. And, and then punched. I saw punched her. Yeah. Okay. Very confusing. And so That's very uh, hardcore. Very hardcore. Punch you, a woman in church. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, it wasn't even a slap. No, well, and that's the thing. I saw this document everywhere I saw it said punch. I did see one that said push, but I only saw one place that said that, and everywhere else is punch. He punched Can you a woman in church. Just, just wit- not noticing what's going on. You just see a dude punch a woman in church. Clock a lady? Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. It's very violent. So, okay. um, uh, that same night, while in an unnatural sleep, the Reverend. Had arisen to this sensation that it's a cat on his feet. Oh. He was then struck with evil thoughts and began to pray silently in bed. Shortly after, this like horrible sensation of a dog jumping on his body uh, it took him over there's okay. this wasn't any any dog this was he was starting to panic he was panicking and uh he couldn't escape this dog and this dog had red hot claws and it was pinning him down and it just was burning into him and the pain was huh. so bad he just thought he was gonna pass away he thought he was gonna die and um but he didn't and apparently this went on night after night, just kept happening. And it even, you know, according to them, affected other people in the household as well. So everybody's just getting terrified so with these weird animals. <laughs> these, yeah, these animals burning you with their hot claws. Yeah, yeah. Or a cat just peacefully sleeping on your feet. Yeah, yeah. The, actually, none of this really seems harmful except for that damn dog and his, and his hot oven The dog hot hand. Is, is a bit, a bit too amped yeah he's yeah. a bit too much yeah 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 so in 1650 also, could this possibly be a case of sleep paralysis i i wondered that at first and then by the time it was over i was like no you're pretty but, sure it was a dog with hot claws no i'm pretty sure that this dude's just an asshole um in, in 1655, Reverend, the Reverend Magnuson, uh, after having been un- unsuccessful in, in his attempts to get his sufferings to end, him, him and his family, <laughs> or something, he travels across the fjord uh, to see uh, a man, Magnus Magnuso. Uh, I love these names. And uh, he was the sheriff in Suovic. In order to, uh, he went over to the sheriff town over and was like, listen, I'm suffering. I'm suffering so much. And these Johnsons, <laughs> like <laughs> these Johnsons are just fucking me, dude. And, <laughs> and um, he reported it to other officials as well. But things take a more dramatic turn. So one day the reverend 
is leading his uh, congregation in a service, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming he's very, he's got him, you know, in the palm of his hand. And yeah. he, uh, he just suffers what appears to be a witchcraft attack. And oh um, he collapses in front of these terrified parishioners uh, and just okay. you know, can't. Oh, my gosh. And so then later, the Johnsons over here that the reverend, like, they hear him, like, talking to people saying, like, yeah, yeah, I called the cops on those fuckers. Like, you know, and he's just kind of like. <laughs> and so. Just running their mouths. Dude. I know. I know. <laughs> and so they hear this and Junior, like, shags ass. And oh. takes up. He gets caught. And Senior was, like, trying to, he tried to get out, but was blocked, and they wouldn't yes. let him leave. I have a question for you. It's, what, 1660? What did you say? 15, 1655. 1655. How does one not just leave? Well, mobs. I mean, it was in church. So, no, I mean, you have well, to get okay. out. of. The, oh, you have to, you're, you're physically, okay. I was like, it's it's not just a situation where you're at home one night, and you're like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of tricky. Like, I mean, one, people were so poor. Like, not, I mean, some people just, like, didn't even have enough fucking animals to get out. You know? Like, you got to walk out. And in this case, like... Steal somebody's horse. Dude, I'm stealing a horse. I'm stealing a backpack <laughs> full of dried fish. I'm out. <laughs> it's 16 feet. They're not going to catch me. Ever. I mean, they might. If They, they probably might. will. They People probably got caught a lot. I don't understand. There's two things I don't understand. How do you not get away from a town? And how do you how do you get caught doing murders? I don't understand. Well, and a lot of it, too, is like a lot of these people, like sometimes you never left that you were like you looked, stayed in your town and you didn't leave it either. So, I mean, like mm. I can imagine that law enforcement, you know, they've they've been all over the countryside. So essentially you're going to like the farthest way from home I've ever been and you're going to know piss all about, you know, what to do. And then the uh, the officers, the fucking fuzz is going to roll up on you and. I guess beat you to death. Yeah, you do get the uh, luxury of knowing now what you did not know back then. Because my yeah. plan is to steal that horse, go to a dock, and pay some pirate or some fucking scallywag to take me to England <laughs> or something. Like I'm out. <laughs> I'm not going down for this, man. <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, yeah, they were they were taken in. Uh, senior tried to like shove his way out and he's also like he is like an angry dude like he didn't sound like this pleasant guy but they blocked him from leaving they were both taken into custody so when father both the johnsons are in custody a, a person this person named gizly um uh was sent over to the Kirkchubal farmstead where the johnsons lived in search of evidence of magic witchcraft sorcery to try to find the evidence, you know. I bet they find something. Well, yes, they do. And uh, this is where I, I do wonder. This is where I get a little bit confused as to what the truth is. Gisley finds this book of of magic and it's bound in calf skin. Um, and he says when he was sure. over there, when he was at the farmstead, um, his... His his foot was inflicted with a strange pain. And um <laughs> you know when I was over there, my foot was kind of feeling weird. It's like, were you even did you even have shoes at it, this it, point? Yeah, like yeah. I mean you're 
So this book is full of magical texts and symbols and all the goodies, you know. So here, and from what I could tell, there wasn't torture in confessions in Iceland. Or that's, I, I couldn't find evidence that there was torture to gain confession. All right. So they're, they're arraigned. They are, or not, are, I, they're, they're brought in. And uh, the reverend uh, tells everybody what all they've done. You know, like they've been tormenting me. These the the Johnsons uh, are just every night. You know, and the 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 family, the household was like, yes, this is true. Uh, they all kind of came to his side. And so, the first punishment, the Johnsons didn't. It wasn't that bad. Um, they they got off with a. Uh, I probably had to pay a fine. I couldn't see for sure, but that was kind of in accordance to the the law. Um, and Slap swear, the wrist kind yeah, of and and swear an oath that you know we're never going to do it again. Uh, sorry, guys, uh, just a bad idea. My and, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they were let go, but that wasn't enough for the reverend. Apparently, he continued to just be tormented every night by these fucking Johnsons and all the way into 1656 like this happened for a long time and he was able to get the Johnsons back on trial and this trial is worse so apparently according to the reverend Junior, while supposedly this was also during when he was gathering good witnesses, like character witnesses for his case so it also just really throws even more doubt that this ever happened but um Apparently, at this time, Junior decides to swing by the Reverend's house one day, uh, you know, the, the, uh, around kind of when this new trial was going on, and throw some evil spells at him. And um, this one, this night, the Reverend underwent what he described as excruciating pain, where the endless noise of the sounds of whales blowholes rocketing <laughs> in his ears <laughs> kept him awake, causing his head to burn. okay all right Mm. okay uh so uh on april 5th 1656 uh the sheriffs and 12 other men on the assembly uh they came to town to investigate further to kind of look into this previous trial between the reverend and the johnsons and the verdict was concluded that with the amount of evidence forming, the sufferings inflicted on the reverend, um, you know, it, 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 and this is what is so, so, so tasty. Uh, so they're saying like the sufferings of the reverend, like what, you know, the weird animal spectral shit and whatnot. They just were certain they were like, no, yeah, this is of, it had to have been human origin. And um, it's probably the Johnsons. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, uh sound that's really uh legally legally yeah, sound yeah yeah super tight yeah and so uh the johnsons were arrested uh and here were the five reasons uh here are the five five instances like that bad just kind of bad things things that they did supposedly that did not help their case mm. okay so these aren't even like actual real things some are but like a lot of it's hearsay but these were like the five things that really did it to them one Punching the girl in church. 
<laughs> like a year ago? And they're yeah. just now getting around to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did. The, Junior denied it at first, but later did apologize for it. <laughs> Two, uh, the the weird, unnatural sleep issues that are happening to the reverend. Uh, and he said, uh, one night, the devil himself came to attack him. Um, the devil's got better things to do. You need to take yourself off that pedestal. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he also says that uh, the, that he came to attack and like, but the devil like l- t- took on the form of the the Johnsons. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Third was how Senior acted when he heard that he had been reported to the authorities and tried to push his way out of church. <laughs> Daddy Johnson tried to get out of town. Yeah, like naturally he fucking did. Oh. Or. The fourth was that the reverend asked his his flock if they knew anything about senior being involved in sorcery, and some people raised their hands. Um, <laughs> okay, probably probably just what they had heard from him. Yeah, almost certainly. And the fifth, the nail in the coffin, Yikes. was the reverend's official statement, which reads as follows: Thank God. The undersigned appointed to be servant of God's word still lie bedridden in torment due to vicious acts of witchcraft by the permissive wheel of God because of my zeal for the duties laid upon me by my office as the evidence for the antecedents and the beginnings of the affair indicate. I publicly declare that I consider the father and son, John the Elder, and John Johnson of the Younger of Kirkjubal to be fully responsible for the sorcery and acts of witchcraft for which this winter have befallen this parish, my household, and above my own and above my own person, from the nineteenth Sunday after Trinity up to the present. I make this declaration in the light of those happening conform. Wait, what? In light of all of those happenings, confirmations, arguments, and relative antecedent events that may and will be adduced as pertinent to this affair, and as they may be granted to give me consistently with truthfulness and the law, in token of this, I hereby sign my name by my own hand on 12th March, <sighs> 1656. Okay, so he said... I just love God so much. I just love Jesus so much. And all of this is put on my plate and the devil is jealous. So he's going to get these guys to come fuck with me. It's essentially what he's talking. Yeah. Well, and also, so he's saying like, look, I am literally bedridden right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's also saying, and it's true. I swear it's true. I have so much zeal for my job. Yeah. I love God. That I am still doing this you know it's just one big it's like, it's like, yeah yeah dude when somebody like comes to work and they have like a, a light cold and and they're like i just i i guess i just really gave one for the team today I, yes yes I'm super ill and i came in anyway absolutely so okay it is important to note that at this point, just all of that that had come out, those original five bullshit things, including his own statement, that was enough to convict Senior. Senior was boned. Oh. Um, however. If anything, the only legit reason is the is the punch in the chin. He didn't even punch the girl. His son. Yeah. Did. But, 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 but. Okay. Now, now Junior needed his own reasons for okay. conviction. Okay. So 
there was a uh, rumor that mm. he was interested in magic. Mm. That was pretty bad. John showed hostility toward the reverend when he refused to allow him to marry his daughter. He just really won't let that go. Like the reverend's no. like really on that. Uh, the third was that John had, okay, dude, I don't get this. I don't get it because I feel like it makes the reverend seem like he's the devil. Uh, the, <laughs> the third offense was John had rubbed his hand on the beam of a pew before shaking the reverend's hand, causing the reverend pain somehow. Huh. No, no. <laughs> the Johnsons were made to place their hand on the Bible seemingly without torture. Again, I couldn't find, there doesn't seem to be evidence that torture happened. But the way that this works is that they would have already confessed this to authorities and then they have to like, say it with our hand on the Bible in front of the whole town, the whole mm. fucking everybody. Uh, and boy, did they confess. So starting with senior, he had nine public confessions. One, Ooh. borrowing the calfskin magical book found at their home. Two, borrowing another smaller paper magical book. Okay. Three, asking help from another sorcerer to perform magical tricks against the reverend. Okay. Four, Using magic to kill a cow. <laughs> uh-huh. Five, using magic to kill a fox. Yes. Six, he named some of the staves and symbols that he used with his son. Seven and eight were of owning other documents and burning books and documents to like get rid of the evidence. And uh, nine, he uh, admitted to causing the Reverend harm via magic. So... Hmm. Then it was Junior's turn to confess and listen, buckle up. So his first and second confessions, or no, his first confession was centered on he tried magic on a puppy. (gasps) I don't know how that went. I don't Um, know. I I love the distinguishing. Yeah, on a a dog. Of a puppy. puppy. Um, His second act was using like this kind of mischiefy magic on a chef, which caused him to slip and fall on his tummy. Oh no. Yeah. Um third <laughs> the third was him using stave magic to cast the devil out of one of his cows. And um okay. he, he said it went bad though because the devil came back and just threw the cow off a mountain. <laughs> shouted someone off of a mountain of Skyrim, you get the appeal, but like, uh, also, if he's trying to cast the devil out of his cow, is that bad? Seems like he Because he confessed. Oh, yeah, I know. You'd think, right? You'd think that he was trying to get the devil out, which is something I feel like a preacher would do. I don't know. (sighs) But that, he came back and threw the cow. Threw the cow (laughs) off the mountain. Okay. Great. (laughs) Great. <laughs> All right. So, uh his fourth and fifth confession centered around using magic to harm people, one by causing someone excess pain and also excess flatulence, essentially fart runes, which by coincidence has come oh, up yeah. on Patreon live we did the other day. Fart um runes. 
so uh and this was very actually like horrible it was not pleasant so this was a curse of just farting that is relentless and not only to humiliate the victim in this case who was a girl but also to bring about just the chronic just horrible pain that comes from bad gas oh and it was painful oh so his sixth confession was uh, about one of the people he harmed, the guy that he kind of, it seemed, caused pain. But he had to change a heart, and he did some magic to help this guy get a lady, get, a, get him a girl, and also to protect him at sea. Huh. Okay. Uh, seventh uh, confession. I don't know what this means, but it is so metal. He used magic to cause blood to flow into runic symbols. Lit. So fucking cool. So... Eighth and ninth confessions were him confessing harm to the reverend, saying it was mostly his dad, but he did cause the pain in his hand <laughs> in the church pew incident. That was me. That one was me. So, <laughs> I, that, that was me. I, I, I get to claim that one. Um, so for confessions 10 and 11, he provided the actual texts of what uh, some of the things he had used to like invoke or, you know, make the shit happened like when the chef fell and slipped on his tummy like Hmm. what he did so okay and so then the reverend says like in his that they were read the laws of the bible regarding their crimes uh and and there's also the laws of iceland and the trial was finished basically being like and by the way this was all outlawed white and black magic in that big long ass decree that king christian wrote and um you can't do that shit and so basically under the the law of the land now is the penalty for the use of magic to inflict pain or death upon any human or animal was death. Oh, and specifically death by burning. That's rough because Isn't even it? I feel like even in the ones in the past they would hang them and then burn them. Yes, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. Yeah, exactly. No, this is Oof. Like, light them up. So. uh the two Johnsons, essentially, when they confessed, they forfeited their lives uh, in the eyes of the court and were condemned to death. And this happened. This took place seemingly on their farm, on their own farm, Great. Uh, on April 10th, 1656. But listen, huh. Reverend wasn't satisfied after oh, their death. What a cock. And he proceeded to pretty much take everything took all of the money property uh, with that the family it seems like the whole fucking homestead to pay for his suffering and the damages and he (laughs) he did you know and he so he did he took mostly everything it seems that junior owned and a lot of what senior had mostly money um so you okay so you i don't want to say you lie but you are at least somewhat untruthful in getting two people murdered. Murdered, yeah. In the in the guise of working for the Lord, okay? And then you just walk through their house and take their shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shameless. God. But listen, he's not done. So <laughs> he had like a nice little summer, little summer vacation of not having any spectral pain. But... um. It came, it's, it, he, it started happening again, you know, and his miseries, his suffering, Charlie, his suffering was back. And he decided it was Junior Johnson's daughter, Thurder. Oh. And she was now doing this to him. So sensing 
<laughs> some trouble. She fled town. Yeah. Okay. She, she got out of Dodge. Smart, 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 smart. No smart. fool. Yeah. Yeah. But the Reverend came after her. Like, he's such a evil dude. Came after Let her. Let her go, man. And put her on trial. However, okay. she was deemed innocent, even by the highest court. Like, this case went all the way up and she was completely Ooh. cleared. And what Ooh, was likely that burned a, him up. Oh, it was likely a huge embarrassment to the Reverend. But he fucked with the wrong person good time now she whipped out some real magic and kicked his ass it turns out she'd been wanting to take his ass to court ever since he murdered her uh, family obviously uh and essentially stole everything that was hers so she can you imagine that yeah yeah this is like a movie dude she did just that she came with five grievances and like a a rainmaker-esque team of lawyers (laughs) like (laughs) And so here are her grievances. This is what she says that this snake has been doing. One, he denied her religious services because of who she was, which seemed unlawful considering she had been acquitted. And she did this in a really cool way. She opened by asking them, is this legal kind of like he, you know, I, I, is it, is it even allowed for him to do this on someone who has had no charges placed against him? He denied her like sacrament. You know, and so, but she did it like a, isn't this illegal, you guys? Mm. And um, two, she said that during a discussion between the two of them, the reverend spit in her face. (gasps) I believe it. Yeah. Three, he continued to harass her, even though she was deemed innocent of any wrongdoing. Absolutely believe it. He stood outside her house at night. Oh, my God. He called her demonic in nature. Uh, And then five. He needed, this is so good. This is so good, dude. This She's such a badass. He needed to be held responsible for the false claims he had said about her as they were proven false and he was still doing it. She closed saying, quote, I see no reason to spare him since he wouldn't show leniency on me. So the official outcome isn't actually known what happened here, but it seems the third year one this and got a lot of uh the dude's money which was her but like got she she it seems like there was some justice here so unfortunately i mean i mean at this time so he was losing his popularity was dwindling you know like he didn't have quite the hold i think probably his actions after and taking everything that they own probably made a lot of have eyes things yeah Yeah. (laughs) And um, she had, again, some excellent, like, prosecutors. Like, she brought a team. Um, Because, you know, there were some attorneys that were like, dude, let's pin this guy to the fucking wall. Oh, yeah. We will do it for free. And, And you know... And I'm picturing her walking in with, like, modern-day fucking lawyers. Yeah, yeah. And, like, real, like, fitted... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Armani Armani Yeah, exactly! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i i would love to say though that something happened to the reverend it didn't he got away with murder basically uh his tenure at his church remained as long as he wanted it he did kind of for a little while chill out on his writings about witchcraft but he also eventually ran out of money and then he tried to start another trial to get damages from back then of what the black magic did to him his suffering charlie his his suffering his suffering is is back it's so much and uh but ed didn't think that that i don't think that went anywhere it doesn't seem like it it went anywhere but he did um 
leave. He retired from his post in church and in a sick twist of irony, he uh, went to the Johnson farm that he took and uh, lived there for a year until he died there at the age of 86, uh, 1696, never having expressed any remorse at all uh, for the people that he killed. Um, But I am happy to say that it does seem that Thurider at least lived to 65 because it seems like there were census records uh, that in the, the, her last was last, her name was last seen then. So she did get some money and she did live, you know, that's good. Have that's her alive. Good. I can't overlook the fact that he lived till he was 80. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Whatever. Absolutely. Isn't it gross? Yeah. Not, but not cool. That, uh, that whole story Woo. is the Kirk Jubal, uh, witch trial in Iceland. Damn. Yeah. The balls. Yeah. Con man. The balls. Mm-hmm. Wow. I get, uh, but I mean, you know what? I guess it was a lot easier. Speaking of getting away with murder and just jumping, you know, jumping train and leaving town. Like, I guess it was just easier to be a con man. I mean, I mean, okay. why not? You know, I mean, if you don't have empathy, I guess go yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. I do like that she came up in there like guns blazing like a badass. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, that was nice. Like I was glad to have that because I was really bummed that the Mm -hmm. Johnsons were murdered alive via fire. Yeah. And um, it was nice to at least get to roll into that, especially because I was reading, you know, I was learning all of this. And so I was like, and then he turned his attentions pretty much on the daughter. I was like, God, no, like not another person. And she was like, okay. And she just whooped his ass. (laughs) she's like come on you tired ass yeah you know what i've been waiting for you <laughs> she she pulls out her like fully formed like speech she's gonna give yeah. and, like <laughs> she's okay let's do this mm-hmm. um wow dude okay well and there it is you know what macy i think that being wrongfully uh accused of witchcraft during the 1650s would really interfere with my happiness i Wow. You know what? I'm going to take a step further and say, I think it would interfere with my mental health. Oh, well, do I have a a solution for you it, today? Not in 1650. I'm sorry about oh, that. that that's done. Uh, but today's sponsor is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is private online counseling done by licensed professional counselors. That's right. And you can get matched with a counselor in no time. All you have to do is take a super quick questionnaire uh, and it will get you matched with a professional counselor that really gets you. BetterHelp's licensed counselors can help you in areas such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, family conflicts, trauma, grief, anger, LGBT plus matters self-esteem, and more. more. And if you don't feel like you're driving just great with your counselor, you can easily switch uh, at any time. And also, since this is an online platform, there are counselors for more specific type matters that you would like to discuss that you might not be able to find in your local small town. Speaking of local small towns, BetterHelp is available worldwide. Because it's online, you can text, email, you can have phone sessions, any way you want to communicate. It's available to desktop, mobile, web, uh, Android, iOS, all the things. And if you don't believe us, you can hop on over. They post reviews every day, and that is at BetterHelp, that is H-E-L-P dot com. And, Charlie, listen, I've got a discount code. 
you can get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp using the code WITCH. That's betterhelp.com slash WITCH. Macy, uh, I also want to take a moment to interject here. If that, if you will allow it, oh. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Twitch stream. We should do that. We should do that. Let's talk a little bit about it. And, but up, up top, well, I guess middle, because we're in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. But up top of this discussion, I want to state that I'm going to be, I'm, I liked it so much the first time. I, it was so nice. I'm going to do it twice. Yeah, and, baby. Uh, today, the day that you're hearing this, August 11th, this Wednesday, 6 p.m., Oh, yeah. Join us over on twitch.tv slash Charlie underscore with a Y. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Charlie with a Y. Y is spelled W-H-Y. Macy, last time I made us. We had no money. Very nearly died. I got really stinky a lot. Macy got really like much quicker than any other semi I've ever had. Mm. I don't understand. Mm. Uh, you met an alien that everyone yeah, that was like right when I went to bed I was there for like two and a half hours and then I go to bed and then I meet an alien you meet an alien and everyone really really would like him to be future baby's father listen so. I'm all right with it <laughs> I, I feel like our alien child would be pretty fucking lit yeah yeah maybe He'll, he will be har- uh, he will be helpful on the farm which is the only reason we're pumping these kids out absolutely uh, and I kind of think just from the way she looks at you my sim wants to murder you so um yes <laughs> if you'd like to join if you'd like to join in on the fun that's today uh, when you are hearing this again that is August 11th 6 p.m central time twitch.tv slash Charlie underscore with a y all that info is gonna be down in the box and now I'm gonna talk to you about chives. 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 You're a fan of chive, of the chives. Love chives. Oh, my God. Chives. The element association is fire. The planet association is Mars. The zodiac, Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Fucking Scorpios. And the deity is Hecate. Sweet. Hecate. That's, I mean, like, that's a spicy dude right there. I mean, you got, like... Zesty. Yeah, zesty. Real zesty. The name, and God help us all, is Alum Shonoprasum. Now, for safety's sake, I would like to spell that. A-L-L-I-U-M space S-C-H-O-E-N-O-P-R-A-S-U-M. I'm going to start including... um spellings of the Latin because if we're like really wanting people to check the Latin making sure they have the right plan <laughs> That's a good uh, point. don't don't just trust my Texas ass pronunciation uh, this comes from the same family as onions scallions and garlic as you can probably tell they're they're all as I they're a zesty bunch <laughs> and as I said before it's a uh, part of that uh, the super fancy herbs of French cuisine finis herpes uh, <laughs> the other ones being tarragon, cherville, and parsley. So you can use the stems of chives, but listen, you can don't ignore. You can also use the flower. If you've never seen flower, the chive flower, it's this pretty little purple pom pom mm-hmm. that kind of comes mm-hmm. up. You can use it in cooking. You can also use it in magic. Uh, and it is, when you eat it, it is less intense than the chive stem itself. Now, contraindications here, not 
really any. It is suggested if you're pregnant or breastfeeding uh, that you just consume the amount that you normally would used in cooking. You know, don't try to up your intake of chive. Just use what you would normally have. Um, And if you do eat it just by the fistfuls, super large quantities can give you a little upset tummy. But other than that, unless you're allergic to it, there's not real contraindications. I eat so many chives. I like when they are really uh, good, like they still are growing, but they're not as lush right now because it's much hotter. Like they like it mm, cooler. Mm. But when they were like so thick and lush yeah. and like 14 inches long and just yeah. like thick blades of spice, I would just sit out there and just clip them with my fingernails and just like eat one after the other. You let me clip them one time. You let mm-hmm. me do a, do a harvest and it was so like the sap, the sicky, yeah. sticky, it gets yeah, on your yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love chives and garlic and onions and all that. Mm-hmm. So I got some history for you. The word, the chive, the word chive, it comes from the Greek word for leek and the Latin word for onion. So even the name is kind of staying in the family. But more importantly than that, chive was once known as the ornamental relative of the onion. This can be used, or it was used, for divination. Uh, still, sometimes is. However, it has been mostly replaced with other options, such as dried foods, stones, other things that you can divine with. But it was in the traditional, you know, it was cast on a mat or on the floor. And then depending on where they lay, you would read them in that way and come up with your, your divinations. Romans, they're a big fan. The, the sharp taste of chives and others in the family. Um, they it, it had good. It, it represented strength and oh yeah, virility. I knew it. I was waiting on it. There it is. So they jammed it down the throats of their horses and wrestlers oh. to make okay. them robust and vigorous. Nice, vigorous. Yeah, I like to imagine that, like when you dump a big bale of chives out for the horses to eat, you like also trot the wrestlers in. They all just eat out of the same out prop. of the same barrel. Yeah, yeah, I also like to think of horses described as robust. Ro- yeah, <laughs> big, beefy Chad horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought the horse from uh, from um, El Dorado was a little too buff he's, for my he's taste. He's beefy with those weird tiny legs, but yeah, like yeah, this yeah. weird meaty body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they they thought that uh, they thought chives were very good for bringing power and strength, and this perhaps came from the Alexander the Great. Uh, who was presented with copious amounts of chives as as a wedding gift? Um, right, because the uh, the Siberians ha- held them as a powerful. They thought they were a powerful aphrodisiac, so they gave them to Alexander the Great. Like, here, you're about to get married. You you know what to do. Uh, so they kind of. <laughs> so I guess he has started touting them as like, oh, they do this. So then everyone kind of started. Marcus Virilius. Marcus Aurelius. Virilius? It should be Aurelius. Marcus Virilius? Yeah, dude. Uh, hold on. Who's that? <laughs> hold on. This is, hold on. I have to Google. Marcus Virilius Corvus was oh, a politician. A slick ass name. Marcus Virilius Maximus Corvus, excuse me, was his name. He was an important military commander and politician from the early to middle period of the Roman Republic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow i wanted to make sure all right so he marcus what was his badass name again 
Marcus Valerius Maximus Corvus. He wants. I don't think it's Val. Is it Valerius? V a l e r i u s. Okay. All right. I'm on the same page. Okay. That's um, a sick ass name. The the Corvus part seems to kind of come out of nowhere, but I like it. You I know? love it. Yeah. But he was once quoted as saying, he who bears chives on his breath is safe from being kissed to death. Oh, how clever. Yeah. He turns out to be a little bit of a, of a knob, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with the coming of the Middle Ages, chives took on a reputation for being good against melancholy. Oh, and they would also be worm, be be wormed. I blew my I blew my load too early. On. <laughs> <laughs> they would also be used to deworm, as mm. has seemed popular with the last couple of topics. Hey, intestinal worms! You don't want them. You don't want them, especially in the Middle Ages, dude. They'll uh, eat you from the inside out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Later on, feeding chives to cows became popular practice especially in areas like Holland, um, as it gave the milk and therefore the cheese and the creams and the butters okay. a chivey taste. Um, and what would flavor, this is something that I believe is still done. Because Sounds delicious. Well, anything from that family will affect the mm-hmm. like taste of a cow's milk. You remember that scene in Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. where he's like judging the milk? This one wandered into yeah. an onion patch. This one got on the onion patch. <laughs> Which also makes me think, because it is safe in, you know, moderation to use while you're breastfeeding, are you giving your baby, like, if you're breastfeeding, are you, like, feeding them some real, real high-end? Yeah, some, like, delicious chivy milk. Like, chivy milk? Ooh, what a sophisticated baby. It needs, like, a little top hat. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In a mundane sense, uh, besides, as I have already stated, and should be taken just as absolute fact, it, it was being handed out to cure depression. That's all you need. You know, and it made that delicious tangy milk. Uh, chives have had a pretty important place in medical, uh, in the medical stocks of physicians. We now know that's because of the mild, like, antibiotic properties, antifungal properties. It's a diuretic. Um, as well as it just being jam-packed with nutrients. So vitamins like C, vitamin K, vitamin A, potassium, folic acid, this all lends a hand in helping chives to, to, help, uh, to help things like sore throat, upset stomach, stuffy nose. It'll, it'll get your nose, it'll get your uh, membranes running. Oh, yeah. Your eye health. It would stimulate bile production, so it's good for digestion. When you use it topically, it would uh, it would help ring ringworm or athlete's foot and stuff mm. like that. It's also said to repel insects. So some people would let it soak in some oil or some whatever, and then they would put it on them to repel insects. It would repel insects. However, pollinators really love it. Mm. Uh, chive consistently comes in the top 10 plants for nectar production. So they're attracted to these pretty little purple, purple pom-pom flowers, and it's just seeping with nectar for them. Mm-hmm. So nice and wet. Most insects that don't benefit from like nectar or they don't, that's not their bag. They're not going to come anywhere near it. So it is good for pollination gardens. Uh, also being used maybe as a deterrent in your actual garden. Uh, and also in traditional Chinese medicine, it is used to promote fertility and detoxification. 
I always think that anyway about any of that onion garlic stuff. I just feel like it just makes you sweat. It always feels very medicinal to yeah. me, like that chive paste that I make that's just uh, like the that, chive and the garlic and onion. I've and, been thinking that this whole time. Ugh, it always feels just like medicine. I've been thinking about it, man. All right. Um, magically, let's get into the metaphys. So if you remember the properties of onions and some of the others that we've talked about, it shares a lot of the metaphysical properties um, with, with those guys. Uh, but also... It helps to keep away unwanted visitors if you hang it or plant it by your front door. Now, if you are hanging it near your entryways, it is suggested to tie it with like a black string or a black ribbon to, to invoke the banishing properties. You can use this in warding spells and a particularly powerful warding spell or home warding spell is to, uh, now this is, take this with a grain of salt because this is suggested if you only have persistent problems with evil, whatever you mm-hmm. consider that to be. If it's so if, just, if you're the, if you're the reverend, if you're the reverend, you if you have constant suffering, okay. our lady of constant suffering, then <laughs> what you need to do is plant 13 chives around your home in a circle for protection that's pretty cute yeah because they're just little they're just little things yeah just a little, little and they'll come up with their cute little flowers um it's even good in keeping away sickness so if you wanted to add this to your sick room herbs or i don't know just <laughs> have throw some chives at you know your at someone who like when they get the flu you know um yeah Blow them out of your hand and <laughs> yeah, sprinkle it right into their nose. Um, or you could cook, I guess, a lot. That would probably be the most uh, yeah, probably practical way to use this. If kept on your person, however, add it to that growing list of herbs to keep in your wallet. Uh, it can help you get through temptations. Oh, no. It'll help you say no to those temptations. Oh. Add it also to your curse-breaking mix. Hey. And lastly, that brings me to the little flowers themselves. I really, really like this. I don't know why. It seems very simple. And it seems like there's a lot of other things you could go to first. But because of what it is, because it has that spicy protective zest, mm-hmm. it works well hand in hand with this. Because of its purple flower, it is tied highly to like third eye upper Mm -hmm. like intuitive Mm -hmm. kind of stuff so if you want to maybe you know sprinkle it into any of your jars for it's first it's i I can't i i don't love this term but it's psychic abilities okay (laughs) okay do that uh but it's also really tied to like our physical remembering of things Hmm. and i think it I don't know if there's more to this on a, like a metaphys level, but I think in a very uh, physical level, you know, when you're in a state of something, you're always going to remember things better in that state. So if you're drunk and you lose your car keys, mm. if you have a couple of drinks, you might actually have a better time finding your car. Well, not that you should find your car keys. <laughs> Bad example. Sure. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Um you know, so they say if you diffuse a certain smell while you're studying and then you dab a little of that on your wrist before you go in to take a yeah. test, it'll help you to remember because that's just our brains make correlations like that. Mm-hmm. So sort of the same thing here. If you really want to remember something or if you're trying to study, maybe eat a dish that's like heavy with chives 
Um, or you can even chew a chive uh, yeah. if you're studying to remember something, or even maybe you're learning lines for a play or something, something of that nature. Um, but kind of hand in hand with that third eye nature, I feel like it's just, it's just going to really sear it into your subconscious. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to end on, I have two very easy, very simple, very quick little chive recipes. Cute. Yeah. The first one is chive salt, and I'm very excited about Ooh. it. Ooh. Because I will put chive on anything. I'll put chive on anything. So you take your salt, your favorite salt. I personally am going to be using some of that good, chunky, ground up, like Himalayan salt, probably. Uh, could be your chef salt, could be your run-of-the-mill table salt. But what you're going to do is you're going to take fresh chives, fresh, okay? Dice it up all tiny. Mix it in with your salt, and then you're going to bake it in an oven to dry out the leaves. It's very important mm-hmm. that you get the leaves yeah. all dried out, dried out. However, it's also very important that you bake it at a very low temperature. I'm talking maybe 200 degrees until those leaves are super, super dry. Okay? That's going to help the oil and stuff soak into the salt um, and all those nutrients and stuff. Hope, you know, won't aren't going to get just fried away in a 500 degree oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, of course, if it's dry, it's less likely to get, you know, little, little nasty growths and stuff. Um, the second one is uh, an oil recipe. Now, Macy, you make something very similar to this. Can I just say it's my favorite thing? I think I smell it every time I come over to your house. What you can use this oil for is foods, obviously, if you want to put it in a dish or just like a little to like baste it on some on some toast before you toast it. Oh, it's so good, my dude. But you can also anoint your candles with it. Uh, you can apply it to your body if there's any like um, skin stuff going on. It, you know, if you have, I don't know, ringworm, this could kind of help. Dude, I had ringworm so much growing up. I had ringworm. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever had it, but I've known a lot of people who got it. All I did was just run around with animals and shit yeah. and dirt. Yeah. And, and I had it all the time. It makes sense. Yeah. Does it itch or hurt? What is it? Or is it just I don't remember it itching or hurting at all. I just yeah. remember thinking it looked freaky. I think it looks kind of cool. Because it's but, like I a mean, circle, right? Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's very contained. But um, anywho, what you're going to do is you're going to take your little jar, your little container. A regular size mason jar is perfect. Now, this is not super scientific with like you're going to need a third a cup. I would just fill the jar, whatever your container up. Fill it about a third with mm. uh, not only chopped chive uh, stems, but throw you a couple of those purple flowers in there as well. Mm. Make sure it's clean and not wet at all when it goes into the oil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That being said, you're then going to just top it up with whatever oil you choose. Use your kitchen oil. Let it sit in a dark place. Don't be messing with it for about four months or so, maybe mm. a little less, maybe three months, right? And then you're ready. You can strain it if you want to. I will not be straining mine. I want to keep those little baddies in there, mm. you know, and uh, then you can use it as you please and help bring some of these properties of chive into your life. Honestly, it's just good on everything. Yeah. Put it with yeah. a little dill on some fish. Oh, dude, I, I love them. They just add such a, like that. The Paste is thick. It's essentially like pesto, and I'll just like throw it's so spoonfuls on to shit. It I is just so can't good. Stop. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you do want to trick it up, I mean, throw you do amazing. Throw some garlic in there, and you know, mm. maybe a couple chopped up onions or something. Yeah. Maybe. Um. 
but you know, you're going to do about a third of mixture and then the rest of the way is going to be oil and that's it. And that's all I've got for you. Okay. That's all I've, that's all I've got. You know what, you know what chives is especially good on? It's especially good on a big pot of review footage. You're right. And when you're right, you're right. We're going to roll it. We're rolling this review footage. It's called love this podcast. Love. Love blood. (laughs) This is from Caitlin Rob. Nice. These ladies are the best. I've learned so much and have cackled so many times while listening. A really awesome balance of entertainment and learning. I definitely recommend. Oh, hell. Nice. (laughs) Oh, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you'd like to advertise (laughs) the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour, send us an email over at wbahpodcast at gmail.com. It's your turn. You go. We never do this. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh, dude. Mm, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's we'll ease into it. Macy, what's our Instagram? It's which which amateur hour. Okay, yes. You can tweet at us at bitch, bitch hour. See, I need to be led. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Come and eat with us over on our Facebook at Which amateur hour? And if you are so inclined, if you would like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash WBAH podcast. Little Miss Sassy Saws box is, uh, she's feeling, she's sowing her summer oats. She's out, she's having a hot girl summer. She is. Every day is hot girl summer when you're. Box. When you're a metal P.O. box in Texas. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> she is uh, uh, absolutely screaming hot mm. over at P.O. Box 865, Canton, yep. Texas 75103. The one. Join me today, later today, this Wednesday, as the day that this comes out at 6 p.m., Twitch.tv slash Charlie with a Y. Check the uh, the description box thing or whatever for a link and uh, we'll play the Sims. Also, Anaha's purpose is 30 a days away I as of today. do not understand where the time went. I don't know. But I don't I'm, know where this year went. I don't know where the past like five years went. I, the other day, I realized it was like past the middle of the year. Yeah. I was like, no, it... It just yeah. turned to this year. How could it already be? It is mind blown. My mm-hmm. mind's blown. But mm-hmm. I'm so excited for Anna. I know. They put their cla- like the classes up that, that are gonna be going on every day. Oh. And I was reading them and I was just like, I don't I don't know how I, I wanna do all of them. I wanna do all of them. It, it's uh Yeah, I think that I'm gonna have to actually have a um a pretty intent intense scheduling session with myself yeah uh, yes yeah. it's yeah something i want to take very seriously yeah because I, I i would like to get the most out of it and mm-hmm. god damn it if i am not a perfectionist when it comes to like scheduling like sitting like coming up with the perfect timeline for things see so i'm gonna be I'm, busy i'm not and because of that i know that i need to do this like, <laughs> ahead of time i feel kind of bad though because it's like i'm gonna i want to schedule so many things hey i don't want to like 
completely burnt out, but I do want to take advantage of everything there. But I feel bad if anyone's there. <laughs> and it's just like, I just, I'm just going to be constantly running between classes. Well, I'm probably the, the, I feel, I will feel good doing like three in a day. Cause I think you can, cause they're long. I think the classes are like 90 minutes a lot of the time. Like, and so, I mean, I like to not feel rushed and not overdo it, like do like three a yeah. day. And that's probably what, I mean, depending on the class, you know, like. I'm I'm going full-blown Hermione Granger. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which means you can find me passed out in a boat on the river because I got too tired on like too the much. second day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, I guess we should say that's going to be September oh. 9th through the 12th in uh, Pennsylvania. And it's on Hannah's Purpose. And guess what? Get $10 off that ticket, yo. Use. W-B-A-H as your code in checkout. That's anahottispurpose.com. Again, information's going to be down in the in the show notes. And mm. if you're listening on a thing that's not showing you the show notes, go to wbahpodcast.com, our web site. Got it all there, baby. All that info. <laughs> I'm going to go grab a shower because I'm disgusting. Go do that. I'm going to... I don't know. I'm going to wrestle up some food. Ooh, I smell coffee. I think I think coffee has been made. Ooh. I have a shower coffee. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. No, I don't know. What that I do is. like a shower beer. I love a shower beer. <laughs> okay. Bye. Good enough. Bye. <laughs> Don't you have buckets of mouse? <laughs>